Welcome to the Grassroots Podcast, a platform for agricultural producers to share their stories and engage with consumers. We are your hosts, Aaron and Laura. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Podcast. Um, tonight it is myself, Laura. We have Aaron and Dave. Together, us three were the winners from last year's Young Farmer and Rancher contests. We all advanced from Utah together to the national contest in Austin, Texas. Erin, why don't you tell us about the three contests we're breaking down today? The first one is the discussion meet, and it is set up to mock a committee meeting. So we are teaching young farmers and ranchers how to dissect an issue, identify problems facing agriculture, and work together to form a solution. So rather than your typical debate, it is a collaborative effort to actually discuss and reach uh, an answer. So uh, that's the first one. The second one is the Excellence in Ag Award, which is what my husband and I applied for. Excellence in Ag, we own a small operation, but the majority of WIP and I's income comes from jobs that are off the farm. So we took the application and we really dissect in that, in that award, your impact on ag. What are you doing personally to promote and protect the industry or to have a positive impact in your community and state and on the national level? And then the achievement award, which was Lara and Reagan, is something that they have ownership in. They are full-time farmers. And that's really the designation between the two. All three of these applications are available on the Utah Farm Bureau website, utahfarmbureau.org. From there, you'll click get involved, and then you'll visit the Young Farmer and Rancher page, and you'll see the contests. So if right now you're saying, don't want to listen to this episode, a little bit boring, I just want to remind you that there's two four-wheelers and a side-by-side, potentially with your name on it. And as we'll discuss later in this episode, also a lot of potential for professional development and personal development. So stay tuned and get into the nitty gritty of of what these contests are with us. So Dave, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what the discussion meet is and some of the best tips that you had when you were competing and kind of how it went for you? So the Young Farmers and Ranchers discussion meet is where a panel of four to six people get together uh, and discuss topics, actual real life topics and struggles and questions that are facing um, farmers and ranchers right now. And so this is a good opportunity to come together and pull ideas and um, solutions to the problems and um, ways to kind of bounce ideas off each other and discuss these problems in a professional setting and to be able to really come to conclusions on the best ways to solve the problems and it's great because you get a lot of different ideas coming to the table from different avenues of agriculture and it's a great opportunity to be able to get in there and discuss it not only to develop skills for yourself not only to gain more knowledge for yourself but to find real problem solving skills for agriculture and especially for our area and that's the wonderful thing wonderful thing about it because the questions are nationwide 
They're put together by the National Farm Bureau, but they're applicable in our area here. And so it's wonderful to be able to get together and discuss those issues and discuss ways that we can come together in all avenues of agriculture, no matter where you are, and to be able to discuss those problems and bring solutions to the table. How would you say your preparation changed or your approach changed maybe between the state contest and the national contest? So the state contest, um, maybe I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't even planning on doing the state contest. So that it was a much different approach because I guess for the state contest, the, I got roped into it because of my wife was doing the collegiate discussion meet and I was there and everyone said do it and so I the only practice I had really had was with my wife and with um, a couple other people down here in southern Utah helping prepare her for the collegiate discussion meet and I hadn't done one myself since high school so it's been a long time since I'd practiced um, in the actual setting but that was my approach to the state one um, so it was really last minute get ready throw my thoughts together um, really dive into her notes because that's what I had to go off of. But for the national competition, um, trying to prepare for that was, I'd say I probably did not prepare enough. I didn't know what to expect probably because I'd never been there before. It was my first time doing the state discussion meet. Um, but the approach was, you know, just looking into um, what the Farm Bureau has, has to say about the topics um, through the Farm Bureau website. Um, different different apps looking at uh, what professionals in those areas have to do and definitely um, trying to find real um, professional sources on the topics that's that's the big thing and there were some tough questions and so it was hard to keep up with everything some of them were changing things because supposed to be current issues in agriculture but I'd say just the approach would be um, how it was different was I actually had time to study, even though I didn't really know what to expect, was trying to just get the best information I could, try to get my thoughts together and really just practice on being professional in the setting of trying to collaborate and bring ideas to the table and come to conclusions and solutions. So, so I had the privilege of watching you compete in Austin, Texas and, um, what made you, I thought, a successful competitor was um, your lack of aggression. Some competitors come in really swinging. So I think you were an incredibly successful competitor um, because you stood your ground, but you also communicated in a friendly way. So what tips might you offer to somebody competing um, that you saw in the, those, those who made it to the final four, the, the top of the top? What did you see in them and, and in your experience that made them so successful and made you successful? So I was actually, my wife and I were just discussing this today. And in the first round at nationals, um, because I didn't really know what to expect, I was probably too, too timid, didn't have enough balance of aggression. And so um, I did and there was a couple of those competitors that really just like to butt in and push you out if you, I mean, and interrupt and everything. So that was, that was difficult there. But I'd say tips for um, what I saw in the final four, as well as from my experience, was be confident, be yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not. 
share experiences, um, show that you know your stuff. I mean, have, have some statistics, have some quotes, but most importantly, have passion for what you're talking about. Find your own passion inside of you for what you're talking about. Even if it's something that maybe you hadn't had much experience with before, find a passion for it, find out what you really feel about it and go with that because that's what people are going to notice. That's what um, is going to help change, um, change things that need to be changed and help solve problems. And it's going to help show the judges when you, it, for anyone who's listening that will compete in a discussion meet to know that you care what you're talking about. And I think being yourself, being confident, um, taking control of the situation, but not, not being overbearing about it. I mean, trying to, be the leader of the discussion, but not cutting everybody off. You got to be, to be a leader of discussion, you got to involve everybody. You got to ask questions, got to involve everybody equally because everybody on that table is going to have something to offer to bring, to bring the actual problem and bring a solution to that problem. So. I think that's why you went home with a four wheeler at, at state Dave because you weren't just competing in a contest you were talking about issues and when you watch the discussion meet you can often see the difference between the two people who have maybe just prepared and memorized and people who have who have an opinion and a concern for the questions and you just did so good well, thank you it was it was definitely an honor to be up there and talk about you know the issues that face agriculture today because if nobody's going to talk about them then nothing's ever going to get fixed. And so that's why it's so important that, that they have these type of competitions because it's not just to go home and win a four-wheeler, but my next step needs to be going out and trying to actually fix issues and become involved, not just in Farm Bureau, but become involved in, in all sorts of, of things that can, that can solve problems with, with what's going wrong in our nation and in agriculture and everything else that affects us. I love what you just said there, Dave, because, um, you know, we sit there and try to convince people to do the awards, whether it's the achievement or excellence in ag or the discussion meet. And while the competing to compete is fine, it's the real world application that actually matters. You have learned how to collaborate and share ideas and reach a, a resolution. And, and those skills are what will actually make a difference in ag. Uh, the four-wheeler's great, competing at nationals is great, but what you do with those skills is what really brings value to your life. And so I love that you just said that. Um, and I have to second what Laura said. I think your approach to this conversation highlights your ability to, um, you know, bring steadiness and, and ground the conversation to the root of the problem. And I think that really, really helped you um, at the state level. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything, um, you know, you said to, to talk to people um, to prepare. What if you had, you know, from now till convention, so a few few months, where would you spend your time if somebody's wanting to, to compete? Uh, what are the top things that they can do um, to get ready for, for this? I mean, if you have to pick one over the other, what do you feel like um, was your, was your, where was, where was your time the best spent? Um, I think, I think one, I don't know. I think 
one thing that helped me was just being able to watch other people discuss this. And that was with my wife and competing collegiately. I think if you're not in a, in a college where they have um, discussion meets on a collegiate level, or if you're, if you're not in a college that even is involved in farm bureau and if you're not in school at all, just, I think just spending time, looking at the current events, looking at um, agriculture publications, looking in Farm Bureau magazines, seeing what issues are going on, find the list of questions right away, study them, highlight them, find sources to back up what, what you think on the topics and practice with whoever you know. I think hook up with somebody that's, find somebody that's been involved in a discussion meet before and been heavily involved in Farm Bureau find your local farm bureau and practice with them discuss topics even if it's just one-on-one kind of low-key and just practice and figure out what it is that's going to help you to be able to compete the best at state and I think just communicate with people who have done it that's my big I think that's my the only advice I really have I think I might have touched on this a little bit already and it's kind of hard at nationals I think where they get a little more stingy on saying where you're from. But when it comes to the state competition, definitely try to highlight in the discussion how you're involved in agriculture and what makes you passionate and really try to highlight the experience that, you, that you've had. Even if it's not even directly related to the topic, try to bring in personal experiences because that really shows your passion and shows how, how you're involved, how it affects you directly with the issues. I think that that, that would be the advice I have left is just bring in personal experiences and show how agriculture has both blessed your life and how it's been a challenge to, to your life as well and how you've overcome challenges or how you're how you foresee overcoming challenges thanks dave so laura you and your husband riggan were the utah winners for the achievement award last year would you kind of give us the bird's eye view quick overrun of what the achievement award is and then we'll dive into the details a little bit yeah you bet so the achievement award is for um for 18 to 35 year old young farmers and ranchers where the majority of their household income comes um, from farming and ranching. So the application rundown um, is kind of as follows. You give your personal information, background, um, details on your operation, such as whether you're the owner or the manager, whether you rent. Um, you also fill out a financial statement uh, for the last three to four years of your farm. And in addition to that, you're talking about the goals that you have and the goals that you've had over the last couple of years, how you've achieved them, um, the progress of your operation, and your leadership experience. So the rubric is attached to the application. You can kind of see how the points follow through, but that's the bird's eye view. Um, we applied for three years before we won and it got better and easier every single year. So for somebody who's never applied, I would say the first year is the biggest feat, and then it's just small minor edits after that, um, and it's really cool 
to put yourself on paper because you can kind of measure your progress. So it becomes about more than the contest and more than the application. You can see year to year whether your debt to asset ratio has become better or worse. Um, so it's, it's an intense application, but um, it's really, really cool. So talk to me a little bit about um, the application itself. You said, you know, the first year is kind of the, the big bite and then you kind of edit it from there. Was it just you and Riggin that worked on your application? Did you look for help from others? Did that evolve over the years? Talk to me a little bit about how you prepared it for submission. So the first two years that we did it, um, it was definitely us just trying to get our hat in the ring and we didn't expect much. Now the thing with this contest is there's, there's not always a lot of hats in the ring. So you might as well try because even, you know, third, third place, second place, place usually have cash prizes. So um, for us, it was worth it. It was worth just trying. And we learned quickly that, of course, as each year went on, the application went easier, but we needed to polish ourselves. And so we did. The, the third and fourth year, we had those who had competed in the contest before review our application. And um, it, was, it was very, very helpful. And um, I can highlight just some of the best tips that I got from them, if that's okay. Yes, please. Okay, so because this, because some sections of this application um, are very hardy with your character count, you might have 5,000 characters to fill out. If you put yourself in the mindset of a judge, it's just a lot of text to fumble through. And one of the best suggestions that we got was to be mindful of our formatting. So because of the limitations of the application, you can't bold or underline anything but you can caps lock. So that was kind of our rabbit hole. That would be one thing I suggested. Um, rather than filling out 5,000 characters on your goals, we, we did caps lock to kind of break down each section. So one goal section might be our irrigation plan and how we wanted to improve our irrigation setup to be more of a drip irrigation rather than flood irrigation. And that, that had a heading on it. So when our judges were fumbling through our application and a million other people's, they might say, oh, where, where are those kids that wanted to get into DRIP? And there it was, bolded at the top of their application. Another one was in the sections where you're not able to break it down and you're not able to utilize formatting. Um, this, this suggestion came from Andrea Gibson, who was a great reviewer of our application. She said, uh, run through every single paragraph in the entire application and underline the best sentence in that paragraph. And we pulled that sentence to be the first sentence of every paragraph. So we have the tendency to kind of bury the lead and you know we're farmers and so bragging is super uncomfortable. And that to us just kind of reminded us, this is a contest. So you got to put your best foot forward and you got to have that brag be the top line of everyone, of every single paragraph that you have. Um, and the next suggestion that I'd kind of hit home here is when you talk about your Farm Bureau leadership experiences and your community leadership experiences, I would really suggest that you elaborate. Now, if you're listening to this and you think, 
okay, I'm a Farm Bureau member. I want to win a side-by-side and I want to do this professional development thing, but I haven't really been around the block with Farm Bureau. Um, you, it's, it's just, any place is a great place to start. Um, one example that I, want, that I want to say is that, you know, if you are the county women's chair, that is so much more than just women's chair. And that can be more than one line too, because as women's chair, if you help facilitate farm field days, that's, that's a big job. And I would separate that out to a separate line. And if you do classroom presentations, that's a big job too. separate that out onto a second line. So all of a sudden, women's chair becomes three to four lines. And you, you can really kind of pull apart what it is that you're doing. So don't sell yourself short with just one title that you may have in Farm Bureau. And if you don't have that title yet, it's okay. Just find a way to help any way you can. And, and that might be your first year. And you'll do a little bit more every year, just kind of add to that resume section. Perfect. I love that. So talk to me a little bit about the financials. You don't have to obviously break down your financials on the podcast, but you do have to disclose them. Did you ever have insecurity about that? What reassurances can you give? Is that just something that, you know, somebody who's entering needs to weigh? Um, that just, it seems like a lot of the conversation around achievement hovers around those financials. So I'm just wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah. So, so if you break down the, um, the rubrics, it's a significant part, but it's just barely more significant than leadership. So everything else, your goals, your operation history, that is very significant too. So I just want to be very clear that this is not exclusively a financial contest. The, the sections in the financial statement um, are reporting your assets, your liabilities, your net worth, your debt to asset ratio, your ag expenses and receipts, and you do have to have this um, signed off by a loan officer at your bank. Our bank got very familiar with this contest and with this application and every year they just kind of expected it. So that's, it wasn't a big deal at all. Um, and truthfully, if you're doing your taxes, you have this information. So it's not, it's not any extra work, um, but you don't typically line your taxes out next to each other. So this application provided something really, really cool for us to monitor. That is cool. I, I like numbers. I like, I like to see things. So I'm glad to hear that there was like a real world benefit, not just kind of like what we talked with with Dave. You know, there's, there's actually an application to your operation and your lives from it. So when you say it's not um, a financial contest, what you're saying is that all of the other stuff is taken into consideration more than necessarily the financial viability of the business itself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let me scroll up to the actual breaking breakdown of points. Um, so 200 points total. The farm and operation growth is the highest point pull and it's 70 points. And so that's just wanting to know how you've altered and grown and diversified in your operation. The next highest one is the financial progress, which is 60 points. And then your leadership below that is, is combined Farm Bureau and other leadership is also 70. So your leadership is evenly weighed with your, with your farm operation growth. And then financials is, like I said, the 60 points. Cool. OK. 
Okay, good to know. So people shouldn't be deterred if they're feeling like, oh, we're not that big of an operation yet. We're still growing. There are reasons to still apply for the award, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding because we made it to the top four in the nation and we are not high rollers. I can't, I cannot <laughs> emphasize that enough, but some of the people up there were. So it's not necessarily who's, who's the youngest farmer making the most money. It's all in proportion to growth to where you started and where you've gone. So if you have started a farm in the last two or three years, your numbers will go from zero and they'll increase 100% every year or whatever it is. So it's about, it's about the growth. Um, some really sound advice that Aaron, your husband gave to us right before we went into our interview on the national level which they interview the top candidates, um, just for clarification and any questions they might have on the application. And, and what Aaron's husband said to me, turn that into a, a percentage. So rather than just reporting growth and acreage, he said, do the math on that. And it was a 500% increase. And we said, oh, why, was it, why didn't we start with that? So if you can you know, tweak your measurables and your numbers to kind of, to kind of play the game of this contest, um, it does you a lot of good. Perfect. So once you had competed on the state level and went to nationals, what was the most important thing that you and Riggin did to prepare yourselves for that interview, to submit your application? You know, kind of the same question we went over with Dave. How was state preparation different than nationals? I would say that I definitely had more people review our application after we won state, and it's a very tight turner, turnaround for Utah. So the advice that I would give to somebody in that situation would be get on it and, and find as many people to be extra eyes on your application as you can, because some states have months and months to do this preparation. I think the biggest change for us was the formatting and I kind of highlighted that at the beginning. It's just keeping in mind that it's hard to read that many applications. So be wise in the way that you, that you type out your paragraphs and your goals and your lists so that it's easy for somebody to read. The interview didn't require much preparation. Um, you know, especially since there's not a standard list of questions they ask, they're very unique to your operation. So because you filled out your application and you farm, you're likely gonna know any question that they ask you. Um, nationally, there was the trick to not stay, not state your, where you're from. And I botched that within the first like seven seconds, I said Utah. And it's okay, I mean, we still got fourth place, so they must have been okay with it, but <laughs> they try to keep it secret for some reason, so. Perfect. So, Laura, give me your one-minute sales pitch of why young farmers and ranchers should apply for the Achievement Award. If you had to convince me today to fill that application, what are you going to say to me? Well, I want to disclaim that I feel bad that I just talked about, like, the years and years I did this application because it's really not that treacherous. My advice would be just start. Just have your first year. And like, there's a very good chance in our state that you're gonna be on the stage, meaning that you're gonna be in the top 
because people just don't take the time to do this application. So, you know, think back to the time that I was in college and a lot of other probably listeners were in college. You know, we have to write, we had to write papers every year and that sucked. And sometimes the application sucks too, but do it because at the end, you're gonna go home with a four-wheeler. If you, if you do this, or a, or a side-by-side, if you do this enough, you're gonna get a prize. And aside from the prizes, like I said, there is so much opportunity to challenge yourself, to have a little bit of self-reflection and personal development, professional development. I mentioned that debt to asset ratio earlier, but it's real. When you see your business mapped out like that, you say, okay, you know, we've, we've got to drop, we've got to change that ratio this year. What are we going to do? It's just good for business. So, I mean, it's going to sound lame, but prizes and professional development, your business needs it and everybody needs a side by side. I ride mine every day. Cool. Anything else about the achievement award we need to talk about? Just a silly thing about the application. This is so specific. So this is going to bore you unless you're actually filling it out. But there are sections where you're not to use your name. So just be mindful of the instructions. Um, for part of them, you're supposed to say, you know, candidate A1 or, or A2. And um, so something that I totally botched the first couple of years. So, but it's important, especially when people in state are judging and, and even out of state, there's, there's some... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, and so, yeah, they don't like they want don't want any personal identifiers. They want to be they want it to be totally anonymous so they can remain non-biased. Yes, is my understanding. Yep, that's how you. That's how I was trying to say it. <laughs> no, you're good. And I'll say um, you reminded me of something that I want to throw in there. So the the person at Utah Farm Bureau who takes these applications and submits them to the judges says that immediately the the applications almost sort themselves into contenders and non-contenders by who read the instruction page. And he said, it, if you want to be in the running, take the five minutes and do what it says at the beginning. Um, Cause it's so easy. You jump into this application and you think, Oh, there's not that much to it. I'm just going to answer the questions. But like you said, Lara, there's places where you, you can't put in, you know, location or personal identifiers and that's all laid out, but only if you read, that first page. So that's where you start. Read the instructions <laughs> thoroughly before you get started. Okay. Erin, you won the Excellence in Agriculture contest last year. And why don't you give us a rundown of what that contest is, what it looks like, and how your experience was. So my husband, Wit and I, while we're involved in agriculture, we don't we do own our operation, but so we have a sheep, uh, sheep ranch. We raise seed stock for other producers, but that is not the majority of our income. Uh, most of our income comes from my job at a physical therapy office in town and my husband's job at IFA. And we don't have ownership in IFA. So even though uh, our income is agricultural, it's not from an owned operation. So that's how we decided and settled on applying for the Excellence in Ag Award. And what the Excellence in Ag Award is, it, we do talk about our operation, we talk about our goals and the growth of our own personal farm, 
but we really, it focuses on how you impact agriculture in your area. Uh, so there's a bunch of different questions, but what it comes down to is, are you making a difference for agriculture, whether it be in leadership, whether it be involvement on other local boards, whether you're um, trying to promote agriculture in your area. And so it, it really comes down to more of your, your personal involvement and impact in ag. So you wouldn't even have to have your own operation to apply for this award if you feel like what you're doing in your personal life is having a positive impact on the industry. So um, it's a, it is an application. It's 10 pages long, so it, it is pretty intensive. But like you said, with, with the uh, Achievement Award, this was probably one of the best things I did. The first year, it was rough. Like if I look back, uh, it, was, it was not good. <laughs> I did not read the instructions clearly. My formatting was all over the place. But year by year, not only was my application getting better, but so was my operation. I think when you break things down and you see that we are not making that much money off of this, why? or uh, you, you, know, you identify some of the problems on your farm, well then that kind of comes to the forefront of your mind and you find yourself trying to solve them um, throughout the next year. So when you go back the next year, if you haven't made progress, you find yourself frustrated with yourself and push yourself to do better, or you find that you made progress and it kind of motivates you to keep growing. And Whit and I have said that, you know, we've been married for 14 years, we've had our operation for 14 years, and really the biggest amount of growth and change happened this same year we started filling out this application and I don't think that that's a coincidence. So aside from reporting on your personal operation, what else does the application ask of you? So it asks your, I'll just kind of walk through it really quick. It asks your personal background. Um, that's just, you doesn't have necessarily anything to do with agriculture. And then they ask you your agricultural involvement, your impact on ag, and then they ask you to identify three issues facing agriculture in the next five years. What do you think is going to affect ag? And then they make you take one of those issues and get really in-depth, 5,000 characters. What, what have you personally done to help address this issue? And I'll also say that I think that this year when we won, this was the part of our application that pushed us over the top. So we had an issue in our county that we identified as we thought it would be an issue facing agriculture in the state of Utah for the next five years. It was regarding uh, planning and zoning and allowing certain types of industrial ag to enter an area. And we've struggled with that. But instead of talking in hypotheticals and instead of, you know, outlining what could be done, this year I found us telling the story of what we had done over the past year. And I think showing action through our story in this part really helped us. And so if you can take this part of the application and relate it to something that you're truly passionate about, something that you um, have actually been involved in, even if it's not like the sexiest and most exciting issue you identified, if you can actually take something and show true action and true passion, 
it, it sets you apart. Kind of like you said with your drip line where you're like, oh, where are those kids that wanted to do drip? I think they looked at this and said, where are those kids that were battling to keep industrial ag as an option in their county? Um, and, and we try to reference it and, and really hit home the things that we've done. Um, a big part of this application is your goals. They want to see that not only have you made progress, but where are you going next? Because we're young farmers and ranchers. So if we don't have a game plan to keep growing, you know, we're, we're a little too early in our lives to, to hit the pause button. And then leadership experience inside and outside of Farm Bureau. And I loved your advice. And I will say that I'm going to reiterate it for anybody who didn't catch it the first time. List everything you can think of. Um, you know, if you have helped organize, you know, donations for the Festival of Trees in your community, that is not ag-related, but put it in there. It shows community involvement um, and take everything you can. Um, it's not bad. It's not wrong. You're not, you know, taking advantage of the system. You are literally giving yourself a breakdown of what you do. And so give yourself credit for everything you've done. I think people who would be apt to apply for these will likely be participating in things like judging FFA contests and other community leadership or church leadership. And there's a place for all of that in these two applications. So I second that. Yes. So um, I like the idea of giving people some ideas of, of what we put on ours, because I think sometimes you look at this and you're like, I haven't done anything, but like you said, have you helped with a discussion meet? Have you helped with a county fair booth for, for anything? 4-H, FFA, Farm Bureau. Have you um, attended a hay symposium or something for work? My husband is an agronomist. Uh, he works in ag sales for IFA, does crop advising for people. And he put down some of the trainings he had been to some of the times he had been asked to speak as a presenter it's not exciting necessarily when you see that you know he was asked to go to ifa and amidst amidst his colleagues but you put that on an application and it sounds really cool so uh, sometimes your everyday life things that are not exciting are exciting to someone who doesn't do what you do so make sure you put that down Great advice. Okay, what would you say the most challenging part of this application was for you? So I think changing my own personal writing style was difficult. You know, in school you learn, you know, you're going to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what, you're, what you tell them, and then go back and tell them what you told them. Did I say that right? Like, that's how they teach you. Like, give yourself a summary, tell them what you're going to tell them, and then go back and recap it. You don't have the time in these applications. And so some of the best advice, I'm gonna throw out a name too. Uh, you said Andrea Gibson, she's fantastic. So is Melanie Brinkerhoff and she's wonderful. So I sent her my application the first time and she decimated that thing. So as long as my application is, so 10 pages, she had a Google doc that was like 20 pages. Like she ripped that thing apart. It was beautiful. I said it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And some of the advice she gave me was stop telling me what you're going to tell me and just say it. And then she said, change your structure so that the most 
impressive thing goes first. Don't try to tell this in some kind of like building the story. Take that and make it the most interesting story from top to bottom. Because she said they're going to read so many of these that you want to pop and stand out and make them remember you. And also if they're going back through the application, you want them to see those things first. So that was the most difficult thing. I like to tell a story and I felt like um, I could tell a story, but I had to change the way I was doing it. And secondly, uh, she did the same thing with me. Um, formatting. So if you look at issues facing agriculture, there are bullet points and highlight, not highlighted, but like cap locks things so that they know right away if they go back through, oh, these were the kids with the planning and zoning CAFO issues because it's right there in my application. So um, I think we got the same advice there and it's good advice. And I think this, the third thing that's hard about it is just finding the time to do it. I would sit down most years on like, if it was due September 15th, I was filling it out September 14th at like 11 o'clock at night. And while my application got a little bit better, the year we won was the year I took it off the shelf in July and started combing through it um, and really challenging myself to, to take that information and, and try something new with it. Wonderful. You just in talking reminded me of something the judges on the national level said to me and it was right out the gate. They said the formatting of your application is is how we wish everybody would have done it. And now we didn't win, we took fourth in the nation, but that was a huge compliment. So we're onto something with that, with those two pieces of advice that we both got, that's a big deal. Well, and I'm not trying to toot our horns necessarily, but you have a state like Utah where our membership nationally is fairly low, and yet consistently year after year, you have our winners placing very high, which is great. Um, you know, Wit and I placed in the top 10. We were blown away. I never in a million years would have thought that that was possible, especially if you look at, we're just your ordinary Farm Bureau members. We aren't anything special. We're not, you know, like when we go to convention, we're just the same as everybody else in our state. So to imagine that we could go to nationals and compete was kind of a little bit, I, I didn't suspect that. But I think that the coaching that we receive here and the, the, the advice that we do get from some of these um, resources that we have in our state is very sound. And I think that there's a lot of benefit from us collaborating and sharing this information so that we can, we can help future winners. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're going to share all of the previous winners' information so that those who are interested in competing in these contests can reference those who have been in their shoes. Um, but before we wrap things up, there's another component of your contest that I'd love for you to talk about, and that was the presentation. So what does that look like, and, and what did you do your presentation on? So the presentation at Nationals is a 25-minute presentation, and you are supposed to leave time for the judges for questions, but they don't tell you how long that is. So we were trying to strike a good balance of presentation time and question time. And the reason that we did this, and every couple will be different. So in our presentation styles, um, and I hope this doesn't sound 
arrogant. I just want to be very blunt and outline this for people. I am much better of a prepared public speaker than my husband is. And so my strengths were highlighting what we had done and doing the presentation. But my husband can wrap you in in a conversation, in a candid conversation. He is likable and funny and witty and quick on his feet. And so the, the Q&A is where he stood out. And so we wanted to leave time for both of us to show our strengths. And so we broke it down into we were shooting for six to seven minutes of questioning from the judges. We figured if they couldn't fill six to seven minutes of questions off our presentation, we probably hadn't piqued their interest enough. It was a little bit of a gamble because if they only ask you a question and then you're done, you lose a lot of time in front of them. But we didn't anticipate that. So um, we did a, I think we clocked in, if I'm judging by when the guy raised his cue card, about 19 minutes. We had about six minutes of questioning. It allowed each judge to give us one question. So it was perfect timing. And it's, we used a Prezi. So you're allowed to use either a, PowerPoint or a Prezi at the national level, we, we kind of risked it and used a Prezi. We'd never used it before, but I was very, very happy with the end result and would suggest doing it again or learning it. Um, but some people in our room used PowerPoint and some of them were in the top 10 too. So I'm not sure that you get an, an advantage, but really what we did was took all of the highlights from our application and put them into a presentation. And uh, this, the same judges who judged our application were not the same judges we presented to, so there wasn't a repeat. Sometimes you worry about, you know, you wanna tell them something new, but these judges didn't, didn't know us. Um, our application, unlike your interview, was 25% of our score, I believe. And so um, there, was, there was a lot kind of writing on that and uh, you present after you know you're allowed to stay and watch presentations after you present you're not allowed to watch anyone before you so um, you know just heads up for anybody who who may go on to compete at nationals the earlier you go in the day the more presentations you get to watch and so we were the second to last so I actually didn't see many others um, so I don't know how ours compared to to other presentations in preparing for your presentation, what I would do, we had someone record ours. The people who won from Utah the year before us had someone record theirs. And we watched, found what we liked, what we didn't like, kind of adapt from there. Um, the best thing we did though, I feel like I'm answering this question way long and I'm sorry, but the best thing that we did was presented to a lot of different groups. So we actually went to the high school and presented to the high schoolers and their take on the presentation was way different than my family's. Um, they noticed things and had questions that, you know, we didn't anticipate. The best feedback we got, we went and presented to the young farmer and rancher couple from our area. And he looked at us when we were done. He's like, I have no idea what you two are talking about. Cause we were using terms like you lambs and, buck lambs and um, he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't have any reference for that. How old are these animals? What are they used for? And I thought, 
oh my gosh, if you're not a sheet producer, you have no idea what I'm saying. So we had to go back and explain this on a very basic level. And it really pointed out the holes in our presentation. Cause when Whit and I did it the first few times at home, we're like, we are so good. We are so awesome. And then we went in front of all these people and they were like, I won't use the colorful language they said, but they literally, what in the heck are you talking about? And I'm like, oh crap, we did not explain ourselves well at all. And so I think we did the same thing with you guys at nationals the night before. And, and I'm just going to be very honest. Somebody was like, do not say what you're just about to say, because it doesn't sound good. Like it, it doesn't, I'm, I'm actually not even going to tell everybody what it was because I'm so embarrassed, but um, we had made a decision on our operation and it, and we changed things because of it. And our motivation was one thing, but the way that I was phrasing it was not flattering to our operation at all. So we didn't, we didn't lie. We didn't change anything, but it was important to have somebody point out that, you know what? I don't think your intentions were ill, but the way that you're phrasing that does not, doesn't come across as good. So talk to lots of people. Don't be embarrassed for someone to tell you that wasn't good. Cause I would rather have a bad presentation in front of friends than in front of three judges who are about to, to write it down on paper. Right. So, yeah. And it really and is, it really is so fun to kind of look at yourself that way again, because I'm getting a little long in the tooth and my FFA experiences were many moons ago and it kind of resurfaced this, you know, this part of me that not only likes, you know, competing a little bit, but, but enjoys um, presenting your best self and you don't get to do that, you know, in your day to day life. And so it's such a cool, unique experience to, to jump back into that world and to get that feedback, constructive feedback and how to, you know, change yourself. It's, it's way good. It's just so good for professional development. Okay. Well, oh, go ahead. One thing I wanted to say really quick, because I forgot it is have, if you are going to, and I think this goes across both yours and my, uh, you know, the excellence and agony achievement award is send your applications to different types of people. And what I mean by that is I had someone who I knew would be great with content, but I didn't really, I told them, don't even worry about checking for grammar. I mean, if you catch something glaring, great. But I want you to read this and check for content because I very much so value your opinion on what's going on in our operation. I sent it to my cousin as a professional editor. She's the one that I said, like, give me some help with wording on this sentence or fix my commas. Do I have run on sentences? But you don't have to worry about content because she, she's not an agriculturalist. So I sent my application to lots of different peoples for lots of different reasons. And that was okay. Not everyone you send it to needs to be an expert in ag because I needed lots of different strengths. So when you're sending out your application, think about what you need and find those people and be very specific with them about what you need them to do on your application. I love that. Okay, I'm gonna pull the same question on you that, that I got. What's your elevator pitch for anybody considering doing the Excellence in Ag Contest? So, if I told you that filling out a 10-page application could change the way that you actually look at your business, and if you spend, you know, a week really combing through that, is that not worth the investment? I think as agriculturists, we are 
we are not averse. Like we, we will take risk. We will invest money and time and so much hard work into our operations. But when was the last time you sat down and thought about it and reviewed it and looked at it? And sometimes I think we need to work smarter, not harder. And the best way to do that is to really evaluate what's going on. Um, you know, and so I think that the four wheelers great, the trip to nationals was great, but what was really great is that wit and I have seen tremendous growth over the last four years because we have to sit down every year and ask ourselves these questions and answer them. And if I don't like the answer, then it's time for change. So I would tell people that, I mean, if you have an excuse to consider it work, I'm doing air quotes for people who are listening to the podcast, to sit in your air conditioner in front of a computer instead of be outside chasing the sheep in 100 degree weather in Delta, do it. It's worth the time and it pays off big. So please do it. So when um, we were having our application reviewed, Andrea Gibson, she took this moment to just say, um, hey guys, I'm really proud of you. And she pulled out her application that her and Ron had filled out. And I thought it's a record too. It's a record of your, of your family and where you came from and where you're going. And I thought for the first time, you know, this pain in the butt application is actually a really cool legacy and a really cool record for our farm to have. I totally agree. Well, and I told you my cousin is an editor and we sent it to someone who's very near and dear to our family, who was one of my, you know, high school mentors. And so we had sent it out to all these people and not that you do it for the recognition, but the words of like affirmation and keep going. And I, now I'm going to get emotional. And like you said, wow, I had no idea what you were doing on your farm because Whit and I are pretty small potatoes. Um, I think our impact on ag is big, but our own operation is very small, very small. And so to hear members of our family and have them tell you, this is really cool what you guys are doing. Sometimes you just need someone to say that. You just, you need it. For anyone applying, the deadline is September 18th. On the website, you will see the emails for the two people, Hannah Haslam and Clay Beckstead, where those applications can be submitted. If you're competing in the discussion meet, it takes place the Wednesday before convention starts in November. And it's a lot of fun and you can sign up the day of or prior with any district YFNR chair. Thanks for listening to the Grassroots Podcast. If you loved the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend and we will see you next time.